I'm Dan Gregson. And I'm Mike Gregson. Welcome to Come Towards the Light, the podcast. Our goal is to find everyday people who are delightful. These people have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. We want to know their stories and what makes them delightful. We will uncover the life experiences our guests have been through, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way. With the belief that to understand delight, one has to be acquainted with the dark. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find light, which leads to our greatest delights? Welcome to uh, today's show. We are thrilled for today's show. So Mm. today, we've got Ashley Van Dyke Knight on the mic. And uh, Ashley is phenomenal. So Ashley is currently, well currently and forever right yeah made to my best friend jeff knight um who we did on an on a interview earlier uh for this podcast and what was so funny when we met with jeff and ashley i mentioned this to you but we met with jeff and i mentioned to jeff gosh it'd be so fun to talk to ashley because i know the story that like the experiences that you've been through and some of the things that you've you've experienced and towards the end, Jeff just kind of looked at Dan and I, and he goes, "You need to talk yeah. to my wife." And <laughs> like we were, immediately after, yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. And and we both have just been felt feeling like, yeah, I'm, I mean, so excited to talk to you today. Huh. And um, Ashley, I know I don't know you like on a super super deep level, but I know you, and I think the world of you. And I'm just really, I'm so inspired by who you are, and especially knowing some of your story and some of the things that you've been through. Um, just the amazing person that you are, um, how, how you've managed to continue to move forward in life without really allowing yourself to, to be so bitter and, and allowing that bitterness to be destructive in your life and in your personal behavior. And I mean, that, that's a, that's a powerful person to me. That's a, to me, that's a humble person. It's also a person that relies on on strength from others and people around them. And, uh, so I, listeners, I, I think today we're, we're talking to somebody who we all can learn a lot from. And I just really hope that, uh, as we, as we go through and, and Ashley shares her experiences and her story that you'll all find ways to connect and, and really listen into what some of the wisdom that Ashley has to share with us. So enough of my voice. <laughs> um, Tell us, Ashley, just, just, if you don't mind, just tell us about you current, currently, like your family, and then, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So I am right now, I am a stay at home mom. I've been a stay at home mom for like 17 years. Um, we have six children, a 17 year old, and then almost 15 year old and a nine year old, seven year old twins and a four year old. So we are in the thick of it. Now it's two boys and Yeah, two boys four, and four girls right four in a row. Well. Yeah. And so we are in the thick of it. We have it's one in like in like yeah. every stage of life. Yeah. So we're dealing with all of it. And yeah. we're on going on no sleep for I don't know how many years. <laughs> so so right. just real quick, Dan and I, so two boys, four yeah. girls right yeah. after that. So yeah. Your your boys are very lucky to grow up with so many girls. I gotta say, I think they'll. I think eventually they will, they will feel that way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And eventual is an important word because it took me a long <laughs> <That's> time. <true. laughs> yeah, that gives me hope. Yeah. Sorry, sisters, yeah. we love you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I stay at home, and um, I just 
I recently graduated from BYU Idaho. I did Congrats. the Pathways program. Good for a little you. Shout out to Pathways. Um, that was a lifelong goal, and I did now, it. Now tell me about Pathways real quick. Uh, it's just like it's online college, okay. and so I did that, um, and that was wonderful. That awesome. was a great experience. What were you and studying? It really, just I just wanted my degree, so I just did marriage. I did like a Universal Studies marriage uh-huh. and family, and it was awesome. I oh, that's it. cool. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I'm with my kids all the time, and it's. It's wonderful, and I love it. And as soon as the last one's out, I'm retiring. And then, <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm no job, nothing. I said yeah. that it'll be a long career. I think I'm good with For that. Sure. Yeah. So um, we live in North Salt Lake, er, well, north of north of Salt Lake in Kaysville, and yeah, that's I don't know. There's not much more than that right now, but that's now, plenty. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, so this is the toughest job in the world. Absolutely. And you've got six little ones to, to make sure. Well, not so little. Not, I was going to yeah. say a 17 year old's not so little. And I think your son's what, like he's taller than I am. Both of my boys are taller than me now. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you've got, they a, pointed that out the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got, you've got a couple hungry mouths to feed in that house. Yes. And you've got four little girls running around too. Yeah. two twins. Yes. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so now you're in, you're in North Salt Lake now. Mm-hmm. And then you're from I'm from South Jordan. South Jordan, which yep. is in the Salt Lake Valley. Yep. Right. And and remind me the high school you went to. Um I went to Bingham and Bingham. then I went to Riverton. Okay. So I did both. You've kind of done both. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yep. That's yeah. so great. Okay. Yep. So tell us, you just finished school. Uh-huh. When the kids get out of the house, will you do you think you'll go and you'll use that degree that you've you got? Or do you feel like you just wanted to finish? Um I mean, like pipe dream. I've always wanted to go and speak to women. Awesome. And just inspire them. I don't know if I'm inspiring, but that's like my pipe no, dream. You totally are. Um, that's fantastic. And and be a grandma. Be able yeah. to be mm-hmm. home and be able to to spend time with them. And yeah. I really have just always wanted to be a mom. That's yeah. been my. That's always just been what I wanted to do. That's the dream, so, right? Yeah. Well, you are mom yeah. of six. That's awesome. And that how cool is that that you want to speak? And uh, like uplift others, right? Inspire yeah. others, uplift others. Yeah, we'll That's, see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be awesome. So, okay. So, um, <clears throat> so we know that you've got, there's a lot of things that you've been through and a lot of experiences and and you've got quite the story to share. And um, I think at this point, Dan and I, we just want to kind of hand the, the reins over to you and say, where do you want to start? I mean, do you want to, like, you, you kind of mentioned that, you, you know, in, in grade school or sorry, junior high, there were a couple of things that you went through. And so maybe we can start there and just have you go and, and we'll, yeah. we'll go from there. So I was raised in a really typical family. Um, my parents are still married. Um, we had, you know, I have two older sisters, a younger brother. Um, we lived in a very normal house and we had just, you know, we had enough money to be content. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not hurting too bad, not, not hurting, right? not hurting, um, and not gloating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just enough. And, um, I always had friends in, in school and things were just, ha- I was happy. I was always tall. That was kind of hard. Yeah. No, no time out. How tall are you? I'm, I'm only five, nine, okay. but in elementary school, I was, yeah. I, you know, it's like I was the, the tall girl. So you so, kind of grew faster than the other yeah. kids too, right? Yeah. Okay. So I would say that was probably one of my biggest trials. It was just being a little bit taller. So, I mean, really when you, I mean, that was kind of, my life was pretty normal and easy and, um, went into junior high, a lot of good friends. Uh, I was bullied a little bit, uh, my ninth grade year and that was hard. And that, I think that was up until I graduated from high school. That was the thing that I was always like, that was so hard for me and I struggled with it so badly. 
Um, but again, like my life was pretty typical and sure. pretty and pretty easy. What is it that helped you get through some of that bullying stuff? Um, I am religious mm-hmm. and I think my relationship with God, that was kind of the starting point of when I realized uh, I need to, to gain a relationship with God. Cause I think before that I was pretty casual Yeah, and which I think is typical with, I don't know, our generation when sure. we were that age, I think sure. that we were all just kind of floated. And yep. so that was kind of the beginning of me realizing that I needed a relationship with a higher power to help me get through some hard things. Do so, you tell me, give me a little bit more on the background of growing up with your family, right? So you come from a home that's kind of typical, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Mom and dad are in the home. You're, you're not hurting. You're not struggling. You've got enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, like religious, super religious family or, I mean. Yeah, I mean, we went to church every Sunday. Okay. Um, we... Our, my cute parents, like we were, we went to church every Sunday. There wasn't like the, well, how do you feel? Do you want to go? It was like, no, we go to church on Sunday. So, and that worked with my personality because I wanted to be there. Yeah. It probably wouldn't work with every personality. No kicking and screaming from you, huh? No, we weren't. I mean, that was just, it was kind of a lot. It was kind of just, when I had friends at church, so it was, I was happy. Yeah. So yeah, we were religious. Um, did it sink in? Like, I mean, would you go when you were younger before this ninth grade mm-hmm. experience? I want you to, I kind of want to explore the bullying just a little bit more. And I, listen, I know this is not part of your, your, the main part of your story, but I just want to, I want to give people some background to who you were younger growing up, getting into this stuff. Um, when, when you were young going to church, did you feel like, like it was it, was it just that thing you did or like, did you really feel connected to God at that point? Or, or was it going through this struggle in ninth grade that made you really stop and go, okay, I need to really find out if this is real. And if- I think I, I was just always happy. Okay. I, I felt happy there. It never felt like a struggle and it never felt like I don't want to go this Sunday. Sure. I just always felt happy and I recognized that it, I was just happy when yeah. I was there. And so, um, yeah, there was never any kind of, I just, there was never any kickback that I yeah. never fought with my parents about being to church. It just was important. And so there wasn't well. any doubt about any of that stuff, right? Oh gosh. I think doubt's a big word because yeah. I think there's doubt now. Yeah. I, there's always doubt. Sure. I think without doubt, we don't ask questions and we don't learn and we don't grow. Good. So I Very think, wise. yeah, I think there's, there's always going to be doubt with things, but I didn't doubt how I felt. Yeah. I'm a person that, I mean, if someone were to ask me to quote, a scripture, I'd be like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I know how that scripture made me feel. That's cool. So that's, that's the most how, thing that's anyway. how I, that's how I, that's how I do life. Yeah. yeah. I just really have always paid attention to how I feel. Yeah. And, um, that's why it's probably hard for me to express a lot of things. If people want hard facts, I'm like, I don't know, but I just know how <laughs> I feel. Yeah. So, well, we've mentioned this quote before a couple of times and, and, you know, as, as you know, we've, we lost our father and, and, and you'll know, you'll know with some of the things you've gone through, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this quote, but I think it was Maya Angelou. Is that, is that right? That's correct. That said, you know, it's not when, when you lose somebody, it's, you don't remember exactly what they say, but you remember exactly how they made you feel. Right. And that's, and that's what it's all about. And I I think, I think you're right. So let's, if you don't mind, tell me about this ninth grade experience just a little bit, like as much as you want to, you don't Mm -hmm. need to say names, whatever, just like, what did you go through? Cause I, I look at that point, ninth grade for me, like around eighth, ninth, 10th grade, that's where I really struggled. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids kind of at that point are like, holy cow, like yeah. whatever. So I think I was, I was always kind of part of the popular crowd. Okay. 
and it meant a lot to me yeah. up and up through eighth grade. It was kind of like, wow, I'm a big deal because I'm part of this popular group. <laughs> I have many and, leather yeah, I have so many friends. <laughs> and ninth grade was when seminary started. Okay. For, so for our religion, we get to go to a religious class during the school day. And that, I guess, yeah, that was when I started really thinking, this is important. And what am I doing with, what am I doing with my life? Who am I hanging out with? And I think that's when I started taking um, things more seriously. Okay. And that's when I kind, I, I kind of switched friends. Um, there was an incident, and it's silly, it's silly junior high stuff that, sure. had to, that had to do with the boy. And sure. there was feelings that were hurt, and and um, all of these friends that I thought were my friends turned on me. Yeah. And I mean, it was, you know, there was a, when they, they threw gum in my hair at lunch yeah. and they called me awful names oh. and I was humiliated. I mean, I just remember feeling the first time ever feeling humiliated. Like crushed. Yeah. And yeah. not wanting to go to school and, you know, crying to my mom, just let me stay home. And no, you gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go to school. <laughs> and, um, it's hard, but, but then I found some really good friends and it, so it was good. It, it allowed me to leave a situation where. Um, I probably would have regretted it later on mm -hmm. being in that group. Yeah. Not to say they're bad people, but right. some of the things weren't the best for me. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find some really good friends. So super difficult moment, dark yeah. times, I mean, yeah. lonely Definitely. times, right? dark. And then you adjust. Yeah. You, you make this connection with God, like you said, yeah. and, and you're led down a different path. I mean, it's, it's, I think sometimes when we're young, we just don't recognize, we, we're not experienced enough to realize that those hard, hard things we go through that seem so crushing, that to an adult would be like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But to a kid, because it's the first time you're going through it, it seems to be so crushing and it usually has to do with friends. Yeah. But if we can just be patient, if we can just hold on, connect with God, um, he opens the door, so many more doors for us and yeah. it ends up being a blessing in our lives, right? Yeah. That's really cool. For sure. So I was this all that. like an internal thing that happened within you as you're kind of processing this pain and figuring out, it kind of seems like on your own, like, hey, I need to, to yeah, kind it, of switch friends and things. Was yeah, it, it definitely, it, yeah, it wasn't it like from an outside source. I think mm -hmm. my parents, I mean, I know they could probably tell like, this probably isn't the best situation for you, but they were kind enough to allow me to work it out on my own. And, um, I don't know, maybe they knew me well enough to realize that I would work it out on my own, mm -hmm. but it was definitely a, 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 I chose it personally. That's awesome. Yeah. Somebody throws gum in your hair. You pick new friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those, and those friends took me to the, to the office to get it taken out, you know? So they were the good, like the that good group. Yeah. yeah. They stuck with me. That's so, cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Friends. Well, let's continue on. All right. So, um, we finished junior high. So yeah. High school. Went to high school. Volleyball player. Yeah. I played volleyball yeah. and, um, had friends and it was just fun. It was yeah. a good experience and positive. Okay. I would say it was definitely a positive experience. And so, um, I had a serious boyfriend all through high school. Okay. And, you and did. He was, yeah. And he was starting when like sophomore. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So all like through high school. In Utah, sophomore, you're, you're basically the freshman. 10th, of, 10th, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're starting grade. high school and yeah. you had a 10th, 11th and 12th. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. I know, man. I know. Okay. Scandalous. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. And then he went on a mission for a church and you know, I dear John him because I couldn't stand you wrote him off. I did. Man. Bless his heart. But he's good now, so it's okay. <laughs> bless that's his good. heart. Um, I hear in the South, if you say bless his heart, you can say whatever you want about oh. anybody. So that's good. Way to <laughs> or, cover your bases. Or like my son says, not to be rude or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he says, just whatever, <laughs> whatever he wants. He wants. Yeah. I'm like, that does not. You, yeah. can, you, didn't, you cannot just say that and say yeah. whatever you think. But No, I have a friend no, from Georgia, great. and she literally told me, I used to live next door to her in Colorado, and she told Alicia and I one day, 
if you say bless their heart and you're from Georgia, that means you could say whatever you want yeah. and they can't take offense to it. So that's good. That's good. No, he was, he was great. But, awesome. um, I, I, uh, dear John Tim and I went to Salt Lake community college. Mm-hmm. Um, I met, um, my, it would be Justin, um, first day of school, first class psychology. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I worked. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Salt like, Lake I kind of, yeah, that, I guess that's kind of how I work. But um, I met him, and I was just nuts about him. We yeah. dated pretty soon. I mean, really, we we started dating really quickly after that. And, and he had just gotten home from a mission? He just got home from a mission. Where did he go? He went to Canada. Okay. Yeah. So mission again, if you're listening and you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a mission's for two years. Yep. You go and you serve people and you teach them about Jesus Christ, yep. right? Like, So yeah. he came back and he was just he starting was just, school? Yeah, he was starting school for the first time. Yeah. I was starting school. And, um, I was just nuts about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyone that I love, I'm fiercely loyal to. Sure. That's, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, It's a good thing. but I'm pretty fiercely loyal to him. So yeah. I just was nuts about him. And, um, we got engaged that December, mm-hmm. which I'm sure sounds crazy, but. <laughs> so this is about three, four months later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and then we got married that May. Okay. So oh. quick. Yeah. And I was, I was 19. So yeah. I was a baby. Mm-hmm. You were young. In fact, I was telling my kids the other day, I said, I was married a year from the day of my senior dinner dance. I mean, no I was, kidding. I was a baby. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't recommend but, but, that, but right. you know, just, just, and he pause. was what, but about and 22. He was, yeah. Barely, barely 22. Yeah. Yep. And just to pause real quick. I think it's important. Like in, in Utah, in the in the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS Church, that tends to happen quite a bit. And I, yep. you know, I think as the world's progressed a little bit, we get married later in our years. It, it even in our church culture, it, it kind of seems like that's happened too. But getting married at nineteen, getting married <laughs> at twenty is not uncommon. Right. right. And and for people coming back from missions, it's not uncommon to get married within the first year or two. Yeah. And. Uh, so, so, hey, there you go. Yeah, so we got married, and we, um, typical newlyweds with no money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ramen noodles, mac and cheese. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, again, I had never lived, lived away from my family, so everything was new to me. Okay. I mean, I just, I had never experienced life on my own. Sure. What was so, he doing for work when you first got married? He was he working? Worked or for j- a mortgage company. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we got married, and two years from our anniversary, we brought home our first baby. No kidding. So Ty, he's Ty. my oldest. Yeah. Yeah. So seventeen now. He's seventeen now. A wrestler. He's right? not anymore. Oh, he's not. No, he tore his ACL, and he's oh, just bummer. Yeah. Ty, I'm sorry, man. You're gonna listen to this. And <laughs> if you thanks, tear that ACL, I know. <laughs> right? Hey, rub it, it in. It's okay. <laughs> no. You're talented in many he other is. ways, my he friend. Is, he is so talented. Yeah. It's good um, but yeah, so we so we brought Ty home two years like to the day of our anniversary. He's he was born two days before yeah. our anniversary. Wow. So we were just living. I feel like I was living my best life. Sure. Like we were poor as could be. I mean, we didn't. We had nothing. Yeah. Um, I was a stay at home mom. Justin worked and we um, lived in an apartment. Yeah. It was like a duplex. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. rent renting. Yeah. There was, I mean, like we had, I think my parents couches. Yeah. And awesome. I think like a table. all the furniture yeah. that doesn't match. Nothing yes. matched. And pots it was, and pans that uh, don't even no. match. Right. And I don't even <laughs> think like you could really cook anything in them. Yeah. They're so cheap, but yeah. I was happy. Yes. I was really happy. And, um, we found out, oh gosh, when Ty was a little over one years old, about a year and a half, I found out I was pregnant again. No kidding. And again, I've always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was thrilled. I was I was happy. And so now it's uh, so we got married in two thousand one. So in two thousand five, um, I saw April April seventh two thousand five. 
So that is like my date. You know how everyone has their day that yeah. they remember things, yeah. big things. So April 7th, 2005 was my day. So um, it was the first day of spring. Okay. It was the first warm day of the season. Yeah. So my two older sisters called and said, let's go to the park because they had little kids too. Sure. Let's go to the park. Now, so, now, did you, you had your second one at this point? No, too. I was four and a half months pregnant. Okay. okay. So that next week I was supposed to find out what the gender was. Okay. And you know, so yeah, yeah. it's about halfway through the pregnancy and. So we went to the park for the whole day. I remember to this day. I mean, that was 15 years ago. I remember sure. what Thai wore. I remember, mm. I remember everything. No it kidding. was just one of those days that you, that you never forget. So we spent all day together laughing and playing and, um, good I, day. It was such a good day. Yeah. It was just one of those good days. So I called Justin on the way home, told him about Ty, told him how funny he was. He was afraid of the horses and he was, it was just, you know, talking about Ty and I, and I said, I'll see you tonight. And he said, I love you. And I said, well, I love you too. I'll see you tonight. And so um, I got in my car and I started driving home. And I'll never forget um, Martina McBride. Mm -hmm. She was, there was a song of hers on the radio. And it was all about her feeling blessed. It was about her feeling blessed that she was a mom and that she was a wife. And I was singing it at the top of my lungs. And I just felt love inside. I was so happy. I was on a high. Singing it all the way home. And I got home and um, I noticed that there was a note on the counter and I thought it was, he called my, one of my sisters and I read her the note and I said, I don't know what to do. And she said, you had to call the police. And I said, there's no way I'm calling the police. I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle feathers because there's no way he would have done this. Yeah. I said, he's probably hiding out somewhere or he's had a a bad day. I'm not going to get the police involved. Sure. And she said, you have to call the police. And so she finally convinced me to call the police. So I called the police and they said, we'll bring someone right over and help you. And and then I had to do the hardest thing, and I had to call his family. So I called his mom, and she was having a, a get-together with all of her siblings. They were having a luncheon at her house. And I could hear people laughing in the yeah. background, and I just said, i got to read you this note. And I read it to her, and she just, of course, was like, just completely, what, is, it, what does this mean? What, what's happening? I said, uh, I, don't, I don't know. So was there any inkling on the family no, side? So nothing. no one, uh-uh. this guy, he just... Yeah. So closed up. Okay. Yeah. According to how we all felt and, yeah. and, and saw him. Oh, poor guy. So, um, so over the next few hours, my family comes, his family comes, the police come and we're just kind of in shock, to be honest. We're just kind of sitting there in shock. And at this point I have prayed. Waiting for a call. Yeah. Waiting, assuming yeah. every car yeah. that drives by, I'm like, there he is, Yeah. you know, calling him over and over and over, over again. Are and you starting to get mad at this point? No, kind of going, oh, never. No, Not just, at this point. Yeah. Just worry. Yeah. I was just... I was just confused. Like no idea why this yeah, is happening. I was, yeah, I was confused. And yeah. so um, family comes over. I mean, I've at this point, I've prayed 20 times. Like, yeah. please just let sure. him come home. Sure. And there, I can't do that. Like, I whatever can't do it this. Is, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. we'll yeah. work, yeah. We'll work through this. Yeah. So finally, mm-hmm. um, they were able to ping his cell phone. And they were able to find a general radius of where he, he would have been. Mm-hmm. It was up in the mountains. and But it was a big distance. It was still like a... I mean, square mileage right. wise, it was big. It wasn't like in the TV where they can ping it yeah, and they go and they know right where yeah, it is. It's not right. like that as far as what the information that we received. So mm-hmm. family, um, went out and started searching for him. They just started searching the areas of where they thought he would be. So that night, still nothing. So all of, oh. all of that day, I didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my sister stayed over with me that night. My parents took my son and I just, just remember waking up every couple hours, calling him calling him mm. like where are you and it was it was a long night yeah. and uh, that next morning I woke up and I remember like 
getting ready and thinking, why am I getting ready? And looking in the mirror and thinking, you could be a widow right now and you don't even know it. And it was just a weird, weird it was a weird experience. It was just weird not knowing anything. And so, um, my parents had, they told me to come to their house. I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss him, but I was finally like, I got to be with my family. So I went to my parents' house and I, I, uh, I'll just, I'll never forget. Um, I was sitting in the family room with with my son and with my sister and the phone rang and you know, my parents answered it and they went into the back room and I thought mm-hmm. this isn't good. Something. So they, I, I just, I'll never forget. And everyone knows this feeling of hearing bad news yeah. that's, that will change your life forever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just remember my dad coming in and just saying they found him and he's taken his own life. And, <sighs> and I'm sure you guys have experienced it, you know, when your dad died, but I will never forget the way I screamed. Yeah. And I think anyone that's lost somebody knows that f- that scream. I've never screamed that way since. It's just a feeling of complete despair. And um, it was awful. And I, I was heartbroken. And, and I've never felt... I didn't realize that your heart could physically feel like it breaks. And that <sighs> was that moment for me. So, um, so, yeah. So here I was. I was a 23-year-old. I was a baby. I was pregnant with a baby and I was raising a baby and all of a sudden I was a widow. So Ashley, has there, has time brought any closure on this? Like has, have you learned anything in addition to what you guys knew about Justin? Like, I think enough. Um, and I'm okay with, uh-huh. I'm okay with it. Uh-huh. Um, as far as, he, as Justin goes, I know that he's in a really good place good. and I know that he I, I, I didn't understand suicide mm-hmm. 15 years ago the way that I understand it now. And the way I understood it then is um, I took a lot of blame and I felt really guilty. I, I felt like I was the reason and I felt like my husband picked death over me. Mm. And so I thought, well, how, how, what does that mean about me? Like, so that was hard. That one, that part was really hard. Um, I can't, I can't <laughs> imagine. I mean, so it was, it was, it was, it was really hard. It was really hard. That's all I can say. You mentioned, really you mentioned, no, you mentioned a Dan and I, you know, everyone's felt this, like your heart breaking and, and yeah, I, when we lost our dad and, and, you know, we, we, we knew, I mean, as, as awful as cancer is, we, we knew, and we, we had a chance to say a goodbye to a certain extent. Some people lose people tragically, but to go through that where you don't know what's going on, you love this person immensely yeah. with all your heart. Yeah. Like you said, you're fiercely loyal. Yes. And so everything, all your, yes. all your all your eggs are in this basket and and for eternity, right? Yep. Um, I, I'm... So sorry, like that. I can't imagine. I cannot even comprehend how that must have felt for you. It again, like I shared, I when he died, I immediately felt responsible, and I felt like I couldn't save him, and so I needed to save everybody around me. I immediately took on the mm-hmm. role of the savior, basically, in a in a weird way. I just felt like I had to save everybody because. I couldn't save him. Yeah. And, and so what, like what actions would you take? So I felt really responsible. That? So, yeah. um, I felt, oh, I just remember thinking if anybody loses their faith over this, it's on me. Oh. And that was really, 
that caused a lot of <laughs> decisions later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I felt very responsible for everyone else's faith. Yeah. I felt responsible for his parents' faith. I felt responsible for my parents' faith. I felt responsible for anyone I met on the street. If they knew my story and if it caused them to doubt in the existence of God, I felt responsible for well, it. So you feel responsible for the death. You spilt, You feel responsible for how other people are reacting to this. Yeah. You're taking all of this I on. I felt a lot of guilt. I felt what a, a lot of guilt. I felt a lot on. of guilt for <laughs> for years. Well, and you've got a two-and-a-half-year-old son. Yeah. And you've got one on the way. One on the way. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I can't imagine the yeah. worry you feel for those boys. Could you right? just could you just talk about the rest of the pregnancy real quick? Just yeah. what so, what was your experience? How so how my, were your emotions? My parents um, my parents had me move in with them right away, yeah. which was like you would you've met my parents. Yeah. I think yeah. they're the best. Yeah. I know everyone says their parents are the best, but really <laughs> my parents are the best. Um, I just remember that first night that my dad slept somewhere else, and my mom slept by me, and she just held me. And, um, they gave me their, they gave me their room until the baby came, which was wonderful because mm-hmm. it was on the main floor and that was my sanctuary. It was, there was so much light in that room. I felt so much love being in that. It was just my own place, but, yeah. um, there was a lot of support and love from, from family and friends. I'll, I will say I received a lot of, um, love from God through that time. Um, I was telling my boys, we talk about, uh, do you believe that there is a God? And I said, you know, when Justin died, I remember the moment that he, that I found out he died, I looked at my mom and I said, I need my best friend to be here. Her name's Heather. She's my my childhood best friend. I mean, we were born a day apart. Our boys were born a day apart. We had so many weird coincidences. We were, we grew up in the same ward, but she was living in Las Vegas and that's, and I was in South Jordan. So that's like a six hour difference. And I said, I need Heather here. I need Heather to be here. And so my mom said, okay, I'll call her mom. So she calls her mom and she get off the phone. And she said, Heather's here. And she said, she's at her mom's house right no now. No kidding. What? And she said, they'll be here in a couple minutes. And so hmm. I'm what sitting a- on the floor crying and Heather shows up, shows up and she said, I felt yesterday that I needed to come. She just came. And she said, I had no reason, but I felt like I needed to, to come up and see my mom. And that's why. And, and God and I told my boys, I said, I will never deny the existence of God. If that was the only experience I'd ever had in my entire life, that was enough. He gave me my best friend at that moment. Not Jake. six, not six hours from then, two but minutes. Then that was happening well before you even. She had no had indication. That Absolutely in your, in your mind. Yeah, and and again, I didn't. I didn't call her the day before. Nobody knew anything. Yeah. We kept it very quiet until we found out that he sure. that he had died. Right. So there was no, there was no one talked about it. So she ha- would have had no idea. But yeah, again, um, she listened to that feeling. She acted upon it. And she was there within a couple of minutes. And that meant the world to me. And that was one of many instances where I felt Heavenly Father in my life, mm-hmm. knowing that he couldn't change what happened, but he could create other instances where I didn't feel alone. That's amazing. So those last, so that next week, um, well, I shouldn't say that next week after Justin died. Um, you know, I, I definitely know what it feels like to pick out a coffin and to figure out all those things. That's a weird experience to be 23 and trying to figure out all those things. Um, we went and found out the gender of the baby, all, all of his family, 
all of my family in one room together. No kidding. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> we all went and found out that I was having another boy. Was it a, did you celebrate that day or was yeah, it Yeah, it was a, the day before the viewing. Yeah. I wanted to know. I wanted, I wanted to know before we buried Justin. And it was, a, I was so glad that Ty had a brother. Yeah. Um, I was so glad they're going to have each other. So, um, he's so we found out we were having a boy and it was a beautiful heartbreaking moment Yeah, mm-hmm. and the pregnancy was wonderful and it was hard. The whole thing was just, I mean, wow. that's all I can say. It was wonderful and it was hard. And you know, I, I had Charlie and my mom and sisters and mother-in-law and sister-in-law surrounded me. They were there with me and all of the boys, the father-in-laws, they were all on the other side of the door. Everybody was there waiting to find out this, um, we were all waiting for this. We needed this happy moment. People rallied you know? around you. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I will say that I had Charlie and it was a wonderful moment. And then the night came and I was alone. Yeah. And that was, and I stayed up all night in the hospital, assuming that Justin would, would come. I you thought I've earned this. Right. Like I just had this baby. I, he should be here. And I, and he never came. And by that was hard. Yourself. That was yeah. hard. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, think well we've earned this mm-hmm. i i should have this and it doesn't always happen that oh, way that's a tough thing that was kind of hard too yeah um but i yeah so charlie was just like this beautiful blessing yeah. like he was like this like i don't know he was such a blessing where did the name charlie come from he comes it's from my uncle chuck oh. um who's passed on just barely actually and he was just the best he was mm. Yeah, so he Good. yeah, so Charlie comes from Uncle Chuck. But um before we go any further in the story, is there can tell us tell us a little bit more about suicide, if you don't mind. Um and your feelings, uh-huh. right? So so you you at this point you're kind of taking everything on yourself and saying yeah. this is my fault. You're putting For a sure. lot of blame. Yeah. Um maybe some shame on yourself, right? Yeah. Is there anything that you learned in the next little while after that that made you feel a little bit, at least gave you some peace about your, you know, not not actions, but just like your involvement in life? Um, I'm not really asking the best question here, but I think you understand where I'm going, right? Is it is there anything that brought you some peace that was able to allow you to feel more confident in moving forward with your life based on your husband's suicide at that point. And in all honesty, um, I felt, I felt a lot of guilt for about three years. Sure. It was three years of guilt. Um, there wasn't a lot of shame. Shame came later. Um, I just felt so, I felt so guilty. I felt guilty that he didn't come to me with, his struggles because there was obvious struggles. It's, it's human nature to to survive. And I think, gosh, in my darkest moments, I've never thought of taking my life. I've thought of being, of walking away (laughs) and saying people could do better. People could do better without me, but never taking my life. So I can't, I can't judge at all of Mm -hmm. how, where he was. Um, I, gosh, I, I just felt, I felt a lot of guilt to be honest. I didn't understand it. I felt, again, what I was saying before, I felt guilt that I had to move in with my parents. Sure. Yeah. What, a, what a hard thing that was for them. I felt guilt for his family, the pain that they were going through. And again, I felt like it was my fault. Right. So then I felt guilty that I had caused their son or their brother to die. Um, it was just, I didn't know enough about suicide. 
Um, I didn't know. And so the ironic thing is, is I, I imagine Justin probably felt like she'd do better without me or everyone yeah. would do better off without me. I don't know. But the truth is, is that I felt such guilt and responsibility yeah. when he left. And, so, it, and that was hard. So how, and you said it took about three years before yeah. you really started to feel yeah. that go away. Yeah. What, is there anything that happened that allowed you so, to kind of get to that point? So there's, so it's interesting. I had, there was like, there was two, there was two conversations going on in my mind the whole time. So after Justin died, I remember, and Je- Jeff shared this a little bit when he was here, but we went on a little trip right after Justin died, my parents and Ty and I, and I remember sitting with my dad and he said, Ashley, you have two choices to make. He said, you can either turn your back on God and walk away from everything, or you can turn towards God and you can allow him to embrace you and to heal you. And he said, but whatever decision you make, the, the problem's not going away. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and I think that sometimes uh, people assume if they get like, well, this is, this, this stinks. And I'm, you know, I'm done, God, I'm walking away. I think sometimes I think the problem's leaving as well. And it like doesn't. the memory of it or yeah. the feelings of it. It, it didn't, like I could have walked away, but my husband still would have been dead. Yeah. And then I would have had to do it on my own without yeah. God. And so that was kind of that. I will never forget that conversation. It's opening. There's an interesting comfort in knowing that pain will last for a long time. Yeah. And knowing that it's just something that will be a part of you. Yeah. I remember um, after after our dad died that, um, you know, I, I started feeling guilty that I wasn't coping well mm-hmm. and um, like I should have gotten over it by then, you know, <laughs> yeah, as if you get over loss like that right. ever. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember at some point, it's probably about five years after he died. I remember this is, we had, we'd had a conversation as a family and everybody was just kind of almost saying that same type of thing. Like, why is this still so hard? Mm -hmm. And, and the thought popped into my head, like, this is never not going to be hard. Yeah. It will always be hard. It will always be a part of this thing like this. You will be missing this for the rest of your existence here. Yeah. And for whatever reason that made that burden like a lot lighter. Like you could move forward. Yeah. Right. Like it could, like it was, I was accepting it as part of my story or whatever. Well, I think that like it's in our nature to be like, fix the problem and Mm -hmm. move on. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I, I remember looking back on so many decisions that I made after Justin died and thinking, I really didn't do a good job in that. I didn't make the best decisions. (laughs) And I've had to look back and say, Ashley, you were 23. Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing you were with grief a baby. for the first yeah. time yeah. in your life. I've never had a husband commit suicide yeah, no. before. <laughs> like I'm doing the yeah, best. Two kids. I'm doing the best I can oh with gosh. a situation that I've never been faced with before. Mm-hmm. And yes, if I have a spouse that dies of suicide again, I would probably know better and do some things differently. But for the most part, we are all experiencing life the best way that we can yeah. with the limited amount of experiences that we've had. Yeah. I mean, I think like when you said like, why am I not dealing with this better? It's like, well, have you ever had a dad that's right. why died before dad? Dealt with it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've allowed, I've, I've forgiven myself for a lot of things. That's awesome. But, um, so that was, you know, getting back. My my dad gave me that conversation. So I immediately decided, okay, I'm in. Like I'm 100 percent in God. Like I'm gonna give some. I mean, yeah. You. Like yeah. I, I am not leaving your side. And I dove into the scriptures and I don't, I, I read everything I could about Jesus Christ's atonement because I was terrified about where Justin was first of all, because I didn't understand suicide fully. And I thought, well, where is he? What happened to him? 
So I read and read and read until I finally felt at peace about where he was. But the funny thing is, is that I, I understood the atonement for Justin, but I didn't understand for it for you. me. Yeah. And I, and I didn't realize that I also needed Jesus Christ's atonement in my life. Yeah. And it wasn't on me to save other people yeah. or to save myself. And that was what led to um, me making some probably not the best decisions after Justin died. I, again, I felt so guilty about being a burden to everybody else because I knew I, I knew they were hurting because I was hurting, and that made me feel even worse. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start dating again because yeah. if I start dating again, then people won't worry about me because yeah. I'll, you know, they'll think, okay, she's fine. That's like, let's, let's worry about something else. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just like, I was like, like, okay, I'm going to date again. Was I ready? No, I was broken. There was no way. And because I was broken, I was that's interesting, attracting bro- broken people. So yeah. that's interesting though, because I've never, I've never really thought about someone in that position, but you, for the sake of like maybe some healing for their, yes. his family, absolutely. you thought I need to show these people that I can carry on. Yeah that I'm going to be okay. That way they won't have to worry about that piece of the whole thing. That's interesting. And I felt guilty that my boys didn't have a dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just a whole pile of guilt. And was his family (laughs) kind of, tell me about the dynamic before you go forward. Tell me about the dynamic of his family. Were they very supportive of you as far as like, Hey, you've got two boys you know, eventually, Ashley, we really want you to find a father. Like, did, did you have so any conversation there? They're the best people you could ever meet in your yeah. life. And I, I mean, I can't say enough. Anyone that knows them knows they are the best. That's awesome. Um, when Justin died, they, the first thing they said was, um, what did they, they said, we don't expect you to be, to like be buried here. Basically. Like we're going to put him yeah. on our plot we want you to get married again. Yeah. I mean, that, and it, at the time I'm like, you there's no lo- yeah, way I'm right. getting married yeah, again. Right. You know, as a 23 year old, I'm like, no, I'm just going to be single the rest yeah. of my life because there's no one I'll ever love as much as I love Justin. And right. I thought they were crazy and I thought I'd prove them wrong. And, um, but they were so, they were so supportive and I didn't see how, how badly they were hurting mm-hmm. because I was so consumed with my own pain. Sure. But I thought in a weird way I was helping them yeah. <laughs> and right. it wasn't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I started dating again. And I was completely broken, yeah. but I was just, it was one of those like, well, I'm just going to do this. Like I can do this. I can date again. I've got, yeah. So I, you know, dated a lot of, of wrong people. And, um, and I, I started a relationship with a, with a man who was completely broken, mm-hmm. but I thought I can save him. Right. Like I couldn't save Justin, but I can save him. So here's guy. your chance. So here's my, like, like I will right? save him. It'll be fine. Like he, you know, and the, the truth was, was he was broken. I was broken. It wasn't a good situation. So, um, so we got married, but you knew that he was broken. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It went, it was good. Cause I was going to save him. Mm-hmm. So, so we got married, we got married civilly and how long were you, how long did you date? How long did you, we dated not very long and we got married civilly. So out, so for those outside of our, so outside of a temple, mm-hmm. uh, we got married civilly and, um, it was a bad, it was bad. It sure. was a bad marriage like from the beginning. Or oh yeah. The, oh yeah. It was bad. Okay. Um, it was bad. Had he had experience being married prior no. to this? Okay. No. And um, it was a bad situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we were married for a year. And that was uh, that was a really dark year for yeah. me. And yeah. it was really hard. And I <clears> finally <throat> I finally felt like I need to get out of this. Like I have a very limited amount of time before this becomes something more permanent as far as we have children together. Yeah. Or, and I was so... So em- no kids with... No. Okay. I was so embarrassed. Because I thought, well, here you go, Ashley. Right. You d- you ruined another marriage. Right. And I was so ashamed. Okay. So I That's felt hard. guilty 
for Justin's death. And, and then, then shame. the shame, so, the shame, yeah. shame settled is so much in, harder than guilt. And shame has stayed with me for about 12 years. Did you, do, when the shame came, the shame and this came, is happening, yeah. did you start to lose like self-confidence? Oh, and, heavens, yes. Yeah. yeah, so the shame settled in pretty good because I thought, okay, well, my first husband died. Like he picked death over me, right? <laughs> right? That's, That's how I felt. Mm. And then the second marriage, um, it didn't work out. Now, and so, are, are you feeling shame before you're even making your decision? Like this is something I not I need to not be in, or was this kind of after the fact? I am. I just felt. Oh gosh. <laughs> I just felt like I ruined another marriage, yeah. and I'm not like I'm not cut out for this yeah. thing, and it was. And on top of that, well, we live in a community, in a society where you get married once. Yeah. Marriage is everything, Maybe right? twice. Yeah. yeah. You don't get married three times. Yeah. Like, that's not... that. I mean, talk about... That is like... Mm-hmm. That's not really heard of. So here I am. I'm 20... Oh, gosh. How old am I at this time? 24. 25. Not 24. 25. Yeah. 25. Two failed... And I, in my mind, two failed marriages. Obviously, Justin died. But again, I still felt guilty for that. And then I'm divorced. So here I am. I have two kids. I've been married twice. And I felt like the lowest of the low. Like it's kind of like I've got problems. Oh, yeah. I'm a mess. It's on me. Like this this is obviously on me. There's something wrong with me. And I felt like um, I just felt like I ruined my whole life. Uh I felt like at 25, at 25, I went from life is good. I'm, I've always, you know, I've done well as you can be married in the temple Mm -hmm. to like a three year period where I'm like, I've ruined my life. Mm -hmm. I will never be, I will never be what I was supposed to be. I, I, I'm not that, that cookie cutter mold of what I always wanted to be. Yeah. Can you talk about your support system as you were going through the, your divorce? So, um, my family is always very supportive mm-hmm. and they were deaf. They saw it and they knew they said, Ashley, get out now. Like, and nothing against him. It just right. wasn't a good marriage. Right. And he it wasn't, was, and ready. it wasn't you good were, for yeah. him. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I had expectations on him that weren't fair. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't, there's nothing against him. It just wasn't a good situation. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was support. Again, I, I moved back in with my parents yeah. and I, and I, you know, and it's, Facing my homeward again, it's like I came back and so it's you're like, going well, back I, to church. Yeah, I I messed up again. Shame. So much shame, yeah. and it's a different feeling when someone finds out you lose a husband to death, or you know, or suicide. Oh, you poor thing. Right now, you're so strong. Yeah. When they find out you've been divorced, they're like, "Well, what's wrong? Right. <laughs> what happened?" Right. It's a different feeling. Yeah. It's you. You get a different reception you get a different feedback from people i've noticed that well and just being through both i've noticed yeah. it's different and just internally oh yeah the feelings you feel about yourself yes. it kind of makes you f- just assume everybody's already thinking these things oh, yeah. about you right? yeah i'm so. yeah i'm assuming that everyone's like she is messed up yeah. like she what did she do with her yeah. life mm-hmm. so is this I, your darkest moment yes okay. interestingly enough because when justin died i look back on it now I had no control over that. Right. I had control over this. I I chose. Now the lesson that I learned was I know what it feels like when the whole when I'm being told not to do something. Sure. Now I know what a red light is. Yeah. And that's that's, so a, that's the lesson I learned from that. Yeah. I was I was given a red light the entire time and I ignored it because yeah. I was nope I'm gonna save him I'm gonna save him I'm yeah. gonna save him. Yeah. And so the hard lesson from that is I really know what it means to not go through with something when I feel that way. Yep. But yeah, the, um, I definitely felt 
I just felt ashamed. And again, that shame has, I think it's been within the last two years where I've finally been able to let that go. Good for you. And how is it that you've kind of processed that and started to let it go? I think, gosh, what we talked about before, being mm-hmm. able to allow myself some grace and saying, Ashley, you were 23 when you lost your first husband. You did the best you could. Yeah. And when you got married again, you were doing the best you could with what you were going through. And I wasn't, I, I had to allow myself to be okay with not being perfect, to have not done it right. You know, there's always, I've always felt like, gosh, I could have really, I could have done that better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if only we could all go start again. You know, like, well, gosh, if I would have never have done that, I really could have written a book at this point. Like, (laughs) but the truth is like the middle was messy. Like I made decisions and I made choices that were messy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I don't regret it because that's where I learned who my savior was. And so there is maybe five people that know me since I've married Jeff that knew I was married a second time. I've never shared that part of my story. And when I was telling my husband that I was going to be on, on your show, on your podcast, I said, I think I'm going to share the story. And he said, well, you just do what you think you need to do. But Mm -hmm. I've, I don't share it. I haven't shared it because I don't like being seen as someone that didn't handle it perfectly. Because again, I'm so afraid. Well, what if people doubt her faith? What yeah, if people think right. like, well, she didn't do it right. Yeah. And there's some self-shame there still. Completely. And it hides it. Yeah. But I was telling Mike, I think you stepped out of the room. Mm-hmm. When I don't share that part of the story, I do a disservice to Jesus Christ because his atonement is so... It covers it all. It covers everything. It covered when Justin died and I was by myself. And he was, he was the one that was there at night when everyone went home and I was laying in bed by myself and I was completely alone and I had no husband with me. He was the one that was there Yeah. and it was beautiful. And every time I hear someone, anytime I hear someone's going through a divorce or their spouse dies, I get so excited. I'm like, Oh my gosh, just wait. Like you're going to have the most amazing relationship with Jesus Christ by the time this is over. Like, and I get kind of jealous. I'm like, Oh, I missed that. Um, so it covered that, but And then it, but then when I got married that second time and I got divorced and I, I had to, I don't know, Jesus Christ also covered that. And that was for me personally. That wasn't something that someone did to me. You felt like a failure. Yeah. I felt like a complete failure and you ignored red lights. Absolutely. That that he had inspired you with. Absolutely. And and so there's a lot of shame and, and yeah, yeah. So when I, when I don't share that, when I haven't shared that part of the story, it's like people look at, well, your husband died and now you're married again and life is perfect. And And it's like, well, that's not true. It does a disservice to your story and what you've gone through. Yeah. Cause the middle is messy and that's okay. And that's where we learn. Yes. So, so I got, so I got divorced a second time. So I'm 0 for 2. And, um, and at <laughs> that point, two. yeah, you're two. learning and growing. I am How learning and growing. Yeah. And, um, I, I've kind of basically had this moment where I'm like, okay, I'll just be single the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. I've done it. I'll be the fun aunt. Like I just won't get married again. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay low and just raise these two boys and it'll be okay. And then walks in Jeff, who, you know, how, how long after the divorce. Um, like months. Really? So um, it's within a year. So let's see. Or so. 
So like, I mean, within six months. Yeah. So how was it that you two met? So one of his uh, best friends married uh -huh. one of my best friends and they, they kind of connected us. But I was, again, I was like, oh no, I can't, Not ready I for can't you. do this. Yeah. Right. Not like I, I told you I'm good. I don't yeah. need to be married again. And, and I, and I knew for sure, <laughs> 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 I knew for sure that there's no way Heavenly Father would give me someone like this because I made those decisions. Uh, I thought like I am used, uh, I am like a used, I'm used goods. I, I thought there's no way I'm deserving of this. And um, I hope you know that that's not true. Well, and that's how I felt, you know, like I just I thought, I mean, you for people, you know, that don't know my husband, <laughs> he's like a straight arrow. That like he is like he's like he is on that path. He's never, I mean, and I know he's not perfect, right? I'm his wife, but that man does not, <laughs> that man does not leave the path. Like yeah, he's he on doesn't. his, he's on yeah. a straight course. And my path was like detour, detour, Back detour. and forth <laughs> and left and right. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought there's no way I don't deserve this person. Like our, our, our lives do not match up. Like I deserve someone that's broken mm -hmm. because I am, I am, I'm used goods. Like I, I've, my life is not what it's not supposed to be. And so when I met him and. And he decided to stick around. And I remember sitting down one day and thinking, okay, God, like, I don't know what to do because I told you I'll be single. But there's this great guy, but I know I don't deserve him. And I remember sitting there and hearing, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. And I was like, okay, that's all I need. And, um, and yeah, we've been married for almost 12 years. Yeah. And we have four more children. And it's been a, a good thing, but it's been a hard thing. Sure. And it's been, um, it's been hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't imagine. So first I want to go back real quick. So at this moment where <clears throat> you're, you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm used goods, I'm damaged. I'm no way. Like I'm good being single. And you've, your first husband commits suicide. Your second husband, that's, that's, you can chalk that up to you made some mistakes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, own up. Yeah. I own up to my, I've I should never, there, right? I should never have dated him. Right? I mean, that's, sure. yeah. I've been there as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. We yeah. do that. Yeah. But that's, that's probably more difficult than the first one because that one you had a choice mm -hmm. and you made the wrong choice. It was a lot harder. Yeah. So there's shame, a lot of shame there. Yeah. And you're feeling like no, no great guy is ever going to want to marry Absolutely. me. Right. There's just no way the way that he used to talk about you when, when you guys first met and he still talks about you this way, but the way that he, I remember when Jeff first started telling me that you guys were dating and that he was serious. Like Jeff would never say marriage about anybody or wanting to go down that route. And just the way he would talk about you, um, you're very special. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that just to make you feel better, but Ashley, like as I, as I got to know you, as I got to meet you and just knowing a little bit about your story, um, you're amazing. Oh. And, and like, I, I, there's always been a light about you that I've seen. And, um, it's amazing that we can feel that way about ourselves, but other people don't understand. And, and when other people look at us, there's so much love and there's so much support and, you are such a good person. And uh, even in those darkest moments for you, there were so many people that looked at you as like just a great, great example, a great light, a great person trying to do the best you can in life. And that's a pretty amazing thing. So, okay, so you meet Jeff. 
Yeah. You're dating Jeff. Mm-hmm. You guys get married. How long were you dating? Remind me. Gosh, we met. He knows the exact dates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. He's Jeff. So he's going to be mad. <laughs> uh, we met in March and we were married in November. Mm-hmm. Um, he met the boys in April. Okay. So I didn't have him meet the boys right off the bat yeah. because yep. um, they were old enough where I didn't want them yeah. to get, get attached. attached to anybody. And he would have been easy to attach to. Yeah. So that took a little bit. And um, yeah. And he, he became an insta dad and, and it was, it was a good, it was beautiful and it was, uh, we were a good match. Yeah. So can you compare some of the feelings that you had going into your second marriage as opposed to (laughs) your third? Um, I was, I was, I no longer blamed myself for my husband's death. That was a big turning point for me. Did that happen? right after your second marriage? Like, when did that, how did you get Yeah, there? and it was literally probably two months before I met Jeff where I was like, I, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. He still had a choice. Yeah. You right. know what's amazing to me is, and this has recently happened in my life, is as soon as, like, so I had a lot of things that I was holding on to, resentment, um, shame, a lot of that stuff, and I have just recently let that go. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time, about 12 years, kind of like what you had said, which that's a long time. Um, and as I, I had this experience was where I was able to finally forgive myself and move on and let everything go and everything became light. And then all of a sudden it's, <laughs> it's amazing how things have kind of um, fallen in place in a strange way ever since then. And I think that, that I, 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 I think that your second marriage is so interesting because it got you to where you needed to be. And I know that that's probably, that, that doesn't, that, that, that probably doesn't do a good enough job of encompassing what that was for you, but it was an important part of your life. And it, it got you to this beautiful place where you're eventually able to let all that guilt and that shame go and then almost immediately you're on, you've found your path again. Yeah. And here you are. Yeah. And you understand so quickly and you understand more completely what the atonement really does for you in your yeah. life. I think that it was a, it was a really hard experience, but it was a wake up call. Mm-hmm. I think that Christ was like, you don't need to be the savior. That's not your, that's not your job. Yeah. And it was kind of like this, Oh, I don't have to save everybody. And and it was, yeah, that's another lesson that I think that I learned from that. And I think that if I hadn't gone through that, um, I would have still been looking for someone to save. And yeah, I, wouldn't yeah. have, I wouldn't have understood Christ's role in, in my life or allowed him to have that role in everyone else's life and, you know, kind of step back and say, that's not on me. That's, you know, so. So tell me, let's talk about some of the lessons. Right. I, you know, I, I know this story's there's still a lot more to the story and, and hopefully we can get into that a little bit more, but looking as you look back on this and you're like, okay, so if I'm, if I'm pulling away certain things that I've really, mm-hmm. really learned that I can share with others to yeah. maybe help them lift them. Um, one of the things that, that you want to eventually do is you want to be a speaker. You want to speak to women and help them. And gosh, you've got, you've got a lot to share with them. What, what would you say to somebody going through the same experiences or what would you say to somebody experiencing suicide or 
um, a marriage where they ignored red flags? Like just is what, what things have you learned that you would really, you know, that, that you know now? Well, um, suicide's a hard thing and I, and I'm not a professional in any way. I can only share the experience of, of a survivor of someone that's, that has died from suicide. And sure. that, um, I see my boys now and they're teenagers and they love Jeff, mm-hmm. but they miss Justin. Yeah. yeah. And I don't believe, and, and maybe I'm overgeneralizing this, but I don't believe that anybody is better off with someone that dies. I just don't. Right. And I, and I think that given enough time, most things will work themselves out. If we can, if we can be brave enough to share our feelings and express our weaknesses and mm-hmm. share our concerns with others, I think, I think Justin so desperately wanted to be every, everything to everybody that he never shared enough with his own struggles or whatever they were or his own concerns. And I think we've learned a lot. I mean, just in 15 years, we've learned a lot about suicide and mm-hmm. we've, we've realized it's, yeah, I look at it completely different than I did 15 years ago. Sure. Um, but I, I have talked to people that have, have considered taking their lives and I've just shared my story and saying, there's nothing good can come from that. You will be missed. And, and it leaves a lot of guilt for those that are left behind. Seeing regardless of how, yeah, yeah. regardless of how, how bad someone feels about themselves, yeah. there seeing, is no seeing good. the effects for other people yeah. in your life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a game changer. But I also have deep love and understanding for them and there's no judgment mm-hmm. because I can't imagine how hard, how sad and how that lost you'd feel. I can't. So I don't, place. I don't, I don't judge that at all because yeah. I've never been there. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I now, I, I know without a doubt that Justin got the help that he needed and that he's in a good place Yeah. and I'm happy for him. And I'm sad that he's missing out on so many things Yeah. and his Ty and, and Charlie really wish they knew him. And it's really hard for them. Yeah. And they, they struggle and yeah. it's hard. So, yeah. Vulner- we've, Dan and I have talked a lot about vulnerability. We, as we've done these interviews, that's one of the key principles that we've really learned about people that really understand delight now. Um, and how to be in delight, right? Is the power of vulnerability. You, we, we have so much happening inside of us, right? I mean, my, my story comes to the point where I was on the brink of suicide. Like I was ready. I was ready to go and I was thinking through how to do it. And a game changer for me was I'm realizing that I don't have to be perfect and I can talk about my imperfections. And there's to do that when we talk about our imperfections and, and some of the mistakes that we've made, what we're doing is we're taking accountability for our lives. And honestly, the feeling that comes when we release that stuff as hard as it is to do, and I mean, nobody wants to go to anybody and say like, oh, yeah, I've got a problem with this, this, yeah. this, this, because you just, like thinking through saying that to someone makes you feel like such a failure. Yeah. When in all reality, every single one of us have so many problems. Yeah. Right? But we're supposed to. Yes. And and yeah. when we release them outside of us, it, it's like this big, I mean, people call it taking a weight off your shoulders. It's very real. Mm-hmm. Or an energy release. And if we don't do that, God can't put more within us. He can't fill us up with something else. We have to give things away, right? That's vulnerability. Yeah. 
And, and I, with, tell me about like how vulnerability, like what you've learned around that. Is it something now that you, you try to, um, for example, with the boys, like, mm-hmm. are, are you trying to help them understand like, Hey, if there's something going on, talk about it, don't feel shamed by it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like what for have sure. you learned around that? Yeah. I've, I've learned that I tell them a lot. I tell them all the time that I make, that I make mistakes. And I tell them that we're so su- talk about yeah that thing, we're right? supposed to make mistakes mm-hmm. that no one is supposed to be perfect and we talk I Jeff and I tell them all the time you're not supposed to be perfect yeah. like mm-hmm. that we don't expect perfection don't pretend we don't you know if you've struggled with something and you work through it if you mess up again guess what welcome to being a human <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like we you know that's why we are able to ask for forgiveness again and again and again because um, we mess up that's part of being human and assuming that we should just be perfect, that's not part of the plan, right? And um, that, I mean, God, we have a savior. (laughs) Like he wasn't like the backup plan. He was the plan. Like Heavenly Father knows. He's like, I know you guys mess up. Like I'm, you know, every time I, every time I, mess up I'm sure he's like I know like I know you like yeah. I know this is this this is hard and we'll stop talking through. to me about it all the time <laughs> I, I'm with you like I'm still in yeah. your team right yeah and I um we talk a lot about um, I shouldn't have said that because he never wants us to say, <laughs> I'm sorry but you know what I mean uh we talk a lot about um not hiding yeah. and not feeling ashamed good and that's Satan's plan Satan yeah. told Adam and Eve hide mm-hmm. like you know like when they realized we're naked he's like hide like yeah. don't yeah God doesn't want you around like yeah. he doesn't want to see you and that's not, that's not Heavenly Father's plan. Is yeah. to, you know, so shame causes, it's different, it's different than guilt. I think that if I would have felt guilty, um, guilty is, it's just, it's not the same thing as shame. Yeah. Shame lasts. It's shame interesting that you, you said, hide. and it's, I get, I don't know if it's like the 12 year cycle <laughs> takes 12 years to get <laughs> yeah. through shame. Well, you start to think so much less of yourself. Yeah. Guilt, yeah. you can kind of hide yeah. and push away yeah. and you get out, For get away sure. from me. Shame, you're shame like, eats your soul. that's when you look in the mirror and you like start to think feel yes. bad things about yourself and yeah. you're like, oh, you're... Oh, yeah. Because it was like, okay, I had two failed marriages and then I married an amazing man. Well, but he had this amazing... He was amazing. So then I felt shame that I couldn't live up to what his life was. And then if anything bad were to happen, it's on me. Like, I, And I convinced myself of that. Well, if Jeff doesn't get this job, it's, it's because of the me. decisions I made yeah. in the past because it's not him. He's, he's lived his life. Or if, you know, if the boys, if they end up being completely messed up yeah it's on me oh like, Ashley, that you is know so and that was yeah. i mean it took that's 12 years to just be to just to um that's okay that it took 12 years to to just um allow that to just finally leave do you feel like you're there yeah yeah good so what okay so what got you there? Like Counseling. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No, seriously, because that in, in our culture, in our society, yeah. counseling is like a poisonous word. Oh. word. Like, like who goes to counseling? Well, I do. It's people that, it's, it's people that have a wrecked marriage and they've got to have somebody else come in and fix it. Or it's somebody that like really is just desperate for help, but it's, it's not. Counseling, yeah. right? Like yeah. counseling Important. is to be able to go and just talk. Yeah. Right. So, to, so, so share. Like what about counseling has really just helped you? Um, my my tongue got stuck to the roof of my mouth. I said counseling. Counseling. I, right? I think so. I was able to just, it was, let me tell you what's great about counseling. Telling someone who's a third party, mm-hmm. who's not my husband, if I, if I can tell him why I feel shame, when I'm so afraid to tell Jeff why I feel shame, like I was able to, openly say, I feel ashamed that my life doesn't match my husband's. I feel ashamed that 
since I've been married three times, chances are I'm probably never going to be Relief Society president. <laughs> like, Congratulations. Like my life, you know, like, well, that dream of being a seminary teacher is just out the door because no, who's going to hire me, you know? Oh, and so you would be awesome. No, I, but you know what I mean? Like, yep. no, I and I, if I tell, if I told my husband, he'd be like, no, you're fine. Like right. everything's great. And, but that but that's was, not that, that's hear. not what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. I need to hear someone say, I understand why you would feel mm-hmm. this way. And let's work through this. And yeah. it, that's why I love counseling because yeah. I was finally able to say everything that I had been feeling. And when you are telling yourself lies, yeah. they become truths yep. over time. This is who I am. I am a bad person. I am broken and I am in a good marriage, but he, he's married to a broken person and you know, I'll never live up to this. And, and again, that's why, like, if you don't vocalize it and say it, mm-hmm. you just assume it's true. And when I finally shared and then when I turned around and told my husband what I had felt, he was just like, I can't, I don't understand why you'd feel this way. He had no idea. Yeah. So I am a huge <laughs> believer in counseling. Good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. What a, what a, what an awesome lesson to share, um, with people too, that like, sometimes it's important that we break away from the people that are in our bubble, if you will, or in our circle of influence, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a a family member, but maybe, maybe we need to break away and go to somebody else, a counselor or a third party that we can talk to that will kind of look at our situation in a very real way, hear what we have to say without just giving us the Oh, but that's not true, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you're awesome, and this is what you get. Because we, 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 we innately we want to love people and lift them. And so, when people that we love come to us and they say, "Oh man, I'm struggling with this," we, we want to fix that for them. We yeah. want to tell them, "Well, don't think that way. Don't feel yeah. that way because you're not that." And, and you have like, and you have skin in the game. You don't want yes. them to feel uncomfortable. Yes. And so you are my well. You're fine. You're fine. You're everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> everything's good. You're perfect. Yeah. And it's good to share it with someone that doesn't have skin in the game because yes. then they can. It, it's not, he doesn't care if I, meaning, I mean, he does, but you know, he's not my husband. And so he can look at it and take a step back and say, let's really talk about this instead Emotions of trying come yeah, out. Yeah. instead of trying to just fix it right away or, you know, just say everything, it's all good. Was that a hard decision for you to make, to go to see a counselor? Yes. Okay. Uh, because at that point, it's interesting, um, Dan, hearing your story when mm-hmm. you, um, were having all of those, um, problems uh, with your health mm-hmm. and how you said that you felt like that was just, yeah, like, I deserved this, it. This, I, deserved it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I deserved to be in that dark place. Yeah. And, and I, you now in the dark, and, now place, this, is two, you and having, this is two years ago. This is having some health issues. Right. And I don't, I don't know if we know it just okay. like mentally. Yeah. Okay. I yep. felt like I deserved to feel yeah. the shame because yep. of the decision that I had Got made. It. That was just I what mean, you're how many years back. ago. Yeah. yeah. It was my payback. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and so Jeff, my husband was the one that said, you need to go see somebody because this isn't okay anymore. Good for him. And he, he and I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. Because again, it was almost like I was almost. Cause you knew it was going, it was, you almost it, like that is, I need that. Yeah. It, it almost felt good yeah. to be a martyr. It almost yeah. felt good to feel that because exactly. it just, it, it just made me, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to, yeah. for, for me, it boosts my ego a little yeah. bit. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like that idea of control. I have more control in my life than I think I do. Well, but the, <laughs> the funny thing is, is like, I don't want to own how I've controlled my life mm-hmm. <laughs> because of what it's ended up being. But it's that idea of, I do still have this, 
idea of control, even though it's a shame based thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's a funny thing. Yeah. (laughs) So I felt like I deserved it. Mm -hmm. I deserved that dark place and it was, and I was spiraling. It was, I just, every day I think you are a horrible person. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. And you don't live up to the mold of, you know, and everybody I meet, they met at BYU and they've been married for 20 years. (laughs) Well, how did you meet your your husband? Well, after my first husband died and then after I got married that second time, (laughs) then things really started taking off. (laughs) Like you just don't, you don't start a conversation like that. And so I felt so, yeah, it was just, I, I just felt like anything bad that would ever happen to our family or that did happen was on me. It was my fault for leaving, for doing some things that weren't exactly. What Jeff should have said is, Hey, let's call Mike and Alicia. (laughs) Let's go to dinner with him. I'll have Mike tell you his story. Cause man, that'll make you feel a lot better about your life. But no, I've, I've been there. So one of the things for me that's hard to get over, um, and this is totally different than yours is I didn't finish college Mm -hmm. and every conversation starts with, where did you cool. go? Cool. Yeah. Where are you yeah. from? Yeah. Great. What do you do? Where did you go to school? Yeah. And I, and when when I was asked that question for the longest time, I'd always have a hard time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, I didn't go to school. I didn't yeah. want to. You know, like yeah. I'm happy about it. I own it. But it took me so long to get there, right? And yep. it's it's interesting how we kind of all have our path to take to really overcome shame. Mm-hmm. And and we're not we don't we're not programmed to know how to do that when we first get here on this earth. And everybody's got to go through their own process of finding out how to get over that and get through it. And, but the one thing that I've learned and the commonality that I see in all the people that we talk to is you have to learn how to talk about it. Yeah. You have to learn how to own it to the point where you're not, you're not afraid of saying to people, you know, this is a battle in my life. This is what I've done. And this is where I'm at. Because when you own something, then you can truly give it away. Then you can say, this is my thing. And, and as soon as you release it to other people and you start to, to share it with other people, then, then you're holding yourself accountable to saying, Hey, that's, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. And when you do that, you kind of gather your army. We've talked about this a ton. When you share it with people, you're kind of choosing who you share it with or a counselor and, and you're picking almost your team, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of set up a team for yourself. And then that team, you know, um, almost has accountability uh, skin in the game with you, like you were saying, right? So it's a powerful thing to connect like that. Yeah. So I think that I didn't understand, you know, I didn't understand where Justin was coming from, but going through what I did the second time around and feeling that shame for so long at that level, I feel like I was able to understand a little bit better of where he was coming from. And it makes me sad that he, um, Again, I mean, there was no diagnosis or anything, but there were there were there were things that I knew um, that he was struggling with, yeah, and that he was that he was choosing not to share because again, he wanted to be seen as as you know the guy that that he wanted everyone to see him as. You know? Sure, so he didn't want people to worry about him. He didn't want people to worry about him. Yeah, <laughs> and and so going through what I went through, I'm a better mom because I I. Everybody wants to hear everyone. Lo- I mean, everybody loves the story. Like, okay, you lost your husband to suicide and then you met Jeff. <laughs> and, and, and gosh, look at this dream come this true. Is like the yeah. mo- this is a fairy tale. It's yeah. beautiful. And it's really uncomfortable to say, guess what? I'm, I made mistakes in the middle. Like I, you know, I dated too soon and I, I, I dated a lot of people that I shouldn't have dated and I was broken and I got married a second time and I got married a third time. Yeah. You know, nobody likes to hear those stories because it's uncomfortable. 
Right. And so that's why I would always leave out the middle because it's easier to just be, it's easier for people to just say, oh, this is great. Like happy ending. And now I'm on the other end where it's, everyone thinks, oh, everything's fine. She's, they're great. They're married. And they, and again, it's still hard. Yeah. You know, um, suicide is hard. Yeah. And, and children that whose dad has, or whose, whose uh, parent has died, they struggle. Oh, I can't imagine. And, um, I've had to learn, I was telling Mike this, I had to learn to be comfortable with them being uncomfortable and them saying that they miss Justin and then saying there's a part of me that's missing and me not being offended and saying, well, I raised you. And not worried about about being protective of Jeff. Yes. Right. Like that's something that. Yeah. And Jeff has had to just like, just, just be like, he's just had to buck up and say, I can't take this personal. Yeah. Yeah. And he has been their dad for 12 years. I mean, Charlie didn't know any, I mean, I was pregnant, so Charlie's never had another dad. Sure. Right. And Ty was almost two. So he doesn't have any memories. I mean, Jeff has really raised those boys and he's, and he adopted them and he has loved them. You know, he, they are his sons. Yeah. And it takes a lot for him to, to say, I know you miss Justin or, you know what? You need to go with Justin's family. You need to go hang out. We need to go hang out with their family. And we go on family vacations with Justin's family and we, we see them all the time and we love them and they have embraced Jeff. Um, but Jeff has shown great Christ-like love yeah. in allowing the boys to mourn. And, and it's, there's something in the DNA. There's there, something that comes with you. There and, is. And you're and, spiritually connected, right? Yeah. And, and the love, the love that that takes of someone else to step in mm-hmm. and still, and, and recognize that if you take that, if you try and take that, first of all, it will never go away. No. And if you try and take that away from them, that's going to make them feel shameful yes. for having those feelings. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's destructive. Yeah, we've had to have that conversation. And that's something I'd recommend is if you are in this a similar situation, allow your children to talk. Yeah. Don't say, well, you're fine. Yeah. Because now yeah. there's because now you have so-and-so or you should be happy because yeah. everything's good. That would be like me losing a child and someone saying, you're fine. You have five other kids. Why would you be sad that you lost your child? Right. It's not the same thing. Right. And so you have to be comfortable with them being sad and missing and not taking it personal. And recognize that although they're young, their feelings are very real. Yes. And what they're experiencing is very true. And and it's not our job to put another idea in their mind that's going to just change it because it doesn't. Yeah. We got to work through things. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, very well. Yeah. So that's pretty amazing on, on both ends to recognize that. Yeah. So. Now, I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned um, in hindsight. When Justin died, probably the, the thing that I, I think I was probably really fiercely loyal to God and um, before we came here because I, I'm, I learned that he loved me. And I realized, I didn't realize that he loved me until Justin died. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was his daughter until Justin died. I didn't, I didn't know how much I meant to him or to Jesus Christ until I was by myself and until I was in a dark place. And until, you know, that was, and I think that's one thing that I always want. If I could say one thing to my family or to my friends is just trust, like trust that no matter what happens, like they're going to be there and it's going to be okay because I felt it. And I think that's probably like my motto for life is just trust, trust in the process and trust that, um, things are messy yeah. and you can make mistakes and God can still say, this is a good thing. And you can still get, you can still get your, your Jeff at the end. Yeah. 
and um, that's the that was the miracle. The miracle wasn't that my husband committed suicide and then I got this great guy. The miracle was my husband committed suicide. I got married a second time. I made some mistakes, and I still got a great guy. Yeah. Like Heavenly Father, He sees where we are, and He celebrates how far we've come. And I I just don't. He doesn't keep bringing things up and saying, "Well, you used to be this way," you know. And I can look back and say, "What's that saying? Was it was I? But it's not I now, you know. Yeah. It was it was who I was, but it's not who I am now." Yep. And I can say that and not feel shame, and not feel like I, I don't go to that place anymore. Where I, if I just didn't do that, this sure would have been a great story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the okay. The thing is, is your story is better because of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing. It's vul- I have to feel I have to be vulnerable and I have to be okay with not being perfect. Yeah. And that's hard for me. I, me it's we, hard for all of us. Dan yeah. and I have talked about this and a that's lot okay. lately. I don't I don't want to be around people who want are, are like trying to be perfect. Yeah. Like, I don't I, either. It's, it's so boring. It's so <laughs> it's it's so more fun. It's so much more fun to be around people who I want are, people who are engaged in right life. And, and like that. And that's and trying to your me best. your second marriage that was you engaging with life, again. trying and like trying. Maybe you made some mistakes, but you were engaging, and that like that's the thing to me. You about got life back up is, and you tried. As you keep engaged, I have lived for the last five years unengaged with life, mm-hmm. and that is just a sorry lonely stupid place to and be. and nothing when you're in that that zone nothing progresses nothing no doors does. open for you no you're you mm-hmm. just you just revel in your pity and your darkness and once you start to engage even if it's even if it's broken when you're making f- mistakes doing yeah. it yeah you're you're going to get somewhere important you're going to learn things that you need to learn about yeah. yourself and it's just, you've got to engage with life. It's, it's kind of like, it's like sitting in, in school. Like I look at my, my time frame in school and, and you'll learn more about this when you hear my episode in the future. Oh, awful, awful days. But, but the kids that will engage and raise their hands and try, even if they get, if, even if they get the answers wrong, they're engaged and they finally will get to the point where they're learning and growing and they, they you know, you kind of have to bounce off walls or whatever, go through hard moments but then the teachers know they're engaged. And so the teacher's more willing to help. But if you're that kid, that student that's sitting quietly in the corner, teacher's not going to help you because teacher doesn't know where, you, where you're at. Doesn't, teacher doesn't think that you have that door open for them to actually come in and help you out. You're kind of a lost cause because you've put yourself there. But when you move forward, when you're trying to progress, even if it's in a broken way and you're not doing it right, we're not, we're not, we're not. We're not going to do it right very often amount of times, right? But when you do that, God blesses your life. And and you may slip and fall a few more times in, 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 in your life, in my life, Dan's life. We're all going to fall again in the yeah. future. But that's part of the process, and that's part of the beauty of this life. Yeah. So... I love that. Yeah, you know, I, I think, Ashley, I think we've we've had you here long enough. This This is what a great conversation. Um, Dan, is there any other questions that you, that you want to ask Ashley? There is, uh, yes. Um, I guess the first question is, is there anything that you had wanted to talk about today that you haven't been able to get to? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think there's a lot of 
beautiful experiences that happened during my dark moments. But I think, you know, I don't need to share those. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that I think, again, just trust in the journey. That and Just trust that Heavenly Father has a plan for everybody. And again, what you were saying before that allowed, that I've seen, it we mess up. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you don't get another chance. It doesn't mean that he just, he, he understands that like Christ was the plan. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that's the thing I tell my kids over and over and over again is just trust, trust and, and, and keep making mistakes and it's okay. Yeah. And, um, Christ's atonement is, is so big. It's so over, it's so all encompassing. Why would we make him smaller than he is? Right. Right. Uh Yeah. So I, I think the, the last thing that, that I'd like to ask you, Ashley, is so you've, you, you've just had your divorce. You're in a dark place. You're feeling bad about yourself. Um, you're, you're feeling like you've now deserved this place in life and that you're just going to stay in this place for the rest of your life because that's what you deserve. That's dark. What is it that that has eventually given you like what 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 has going through that experience been able to add to your life what's the gift that it's given you you know what's interesting is i didn't realize that until i was sitting here with the both of you but i think i i understand justin better and yeah i understand i understand where he's coming from better and i think it has allowed me to be a better parent to um, children that have struggled with um, with not feeling good enough either, and um, yeah, I think that's that was the gift is that I can better understand where Justin was coming from, and it has allowed me to not that there should have been forgiveness, but there was because it was hurtful and it was hard what I went through. But it's allowed me to just better understand and to forgive, not hold on to anger. And to just see, like, man, to feel shame, that's a, that's a dark place. Mm-hmm. That's a hard place. And to just to know that it's real and to, you can't tell someone to just snap out of it. I get that. And that, yeah, that was the gift from that experience. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I just have to add one last thing. Um, Ty and Charlie. <laughs> you guys, you guys have a phenomenal mom. And I, and I know the four girls are listening to, and they're going to hear this in the future, but I, Ashley, I just, I want you to know that, um, what, what an amazing person you are. And, and with all the, with all the flaws, with all the stuff, right? Cause that's the beauty of it. You know, I, I didn't really learn in my life, um, how beautiful this life was until, I'd fallen super hard and, um, you have done an amazing job. I mean, I just, I look at your family and it's not a cookie cutter, perfect family, but my gosh, I I look at your family and I'm like, there's so much beauty around you guys and you guys are phenomenal. And I just, you, you have been through some unimaginably hard things and you're doing such a great job. Thanks. So this is why we love you. Well, I love you, <laughs> and and I love Jeffrey uh, S K Knight, and <laughs> I love your boys, and I love your family, and and I just thank you for your example because mm-hmm. to me, like, 
what a blessing it is to see someone who's been through difficult things like you have and the way that you've responded and the way that you've stayed with God. And I, I love what you say about just trust because we, we all have our darkest moments. We're supposed to. Christ had his darkest moments. I can't even imagine what he must have felt. But he held on. He trusted. And, and he, you know, sometimes it takes us taking a few big, long, deep breaths and going, okay, hold on. Just pause for a sec. Just be patient. And then as we continue on, like you and Dan have talked about, that's when doors start to open and yeah. we really feel his love. And that's all he, that's all, that's all that he cares to see from us. So thanks so much for coming today. Yeah. You're Actually, amazing. This, this is a good thing. Oh. Your story is a good thing. Oh. Thank you. I think one more thing. Yeah. You don't have to add this if you don't want to. No, we okay. will. <laughs> um, because I forgot about this part. Was I just wanted to, to say that, um, that Jeff wasn't the one that saved me, that it was Christ. And I think that's so important for people to understand that um, we can't wait for Christ is the one that saves all of us. It isn't the next marriage. It isn't having another baby. It isn't getting a raise. Those are not the things that save us. Those things, you know, I had to, when I met Jeff and realized, okay, maybe I'm going to do this a third time. <laughs> um, I had to really like look in the mirror and say, well, what's going to happen if this doesn't work out? And I realized, like, well, I know, I know what to do because I, because you know, Jesus Christ will be there, and he's he's the one that saved me, and so he saved me before Jeff came along, and Jeff is wonderful, but he's not the one that saved me. Yeah, it was Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that. You're amazing. Yeah. What a powerful lesson that is, too. Amen. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>